Welcome to Shortcut to Sunday. I'm Ben. And I'm Bruce. And this is your podcast for November 3rd, 2019. Uh, we are coming to you not live from Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. And uh, we have uh, a fun little uh, circumstance here with our readings that I, I'm not aware of uh, ever having occurred uh, before. Uh, there were optionary, uh, optional, <laughs> optionary. As the word I just uh, created. Yeah. Uh, optional. Yeah, copyright. Trademarked. Can't use it. Uh, optional readings uh, six, maybe six or weeks ago or so. Uh, bonus points to whoever goes back and finds it. Uh, 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 Habakkuk uh, was an optional reading that we that we did. And uh, it's an optional reading for this week, too. The same exact reading. Yeah. Uh, Bruce and I are not aware that this is happened before usually not optional, during podcast time right not, yeah but uh usually optional readings are are you know here or there and, and maybe they're reused the next year as a potential optional reading or you know yeah. a reading somewhere else but never not really uh have we come across it in uh within uh, certainly within the same season uh so uh we probably will be doing habakkuk right uh, as one of our readings, but since we've done it before in the podcast, you'll have to go back and uh, see what Bruce had to say about it uh, in weeks past. Uh, instead, this week we will be doing Isaiah uh, as the optional reading, which if you do come and join us uh, for service, will not be in the bulletin. At neither 8 nor 10. And neither 8 nor 10, uh, uh, but that will be paired with Second Thessalonians and then Luke. And to, to clarify a little bit, the reason that we do feel free to use it this coming Sunday, A, it's a beautiful reading. B, we did Blessing the Animals mm-hmm. the Sunday that this reading was assigned. And to shorten the service, we did not use the first reading. So it has not been yeah. read in church this year. Uh, which which is should, should bring great shame to you that you uh, pared down the lectionary readings for a service. Uh, but no, uh, the, 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 the dogs and cats could only take so much. Right. Uh, and... Um, um, uh, they're, they're, they're less, uh, they're just less, a little less godly than we are. So well, their attention spans are shorter. <laughs> My kids loved it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, let us move on. So that, that's, that's just the quick explanation yeah. for it. So, uh, like I said, Habakkuk, you'll see it if you come, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Isaiah, you'll hear it if you listen. Yeah. Uh, but not the other way. Right. <laughs> You won't, you won't, uh, you won't uh, hear it on this podcast, uh, and you won't see it in writing. Uh, you won't see Isaiah in writing. So let's move on to our stump the priest word. Woohoo! Impetrate. What? Impetrate. I M P E T R A T E. I had to look it up on dictionary.com to make sure I had the uh, pronunciation, pronunciation right. right. Uh, but it's impetrate. Uh, I'm totally guessing. Um, receiving the Holy Spirit. No, no, no. To petition or beseech to obtain by entreaty, impetrative prayer. Boy, I really have to slow. I have have to slow it down to say it right. Impetrative, impetrative, impetrative. (laughs) Check, check, testing. (laughs) Impetrative prayer asks God to accomplish what has been requested. Impetration relies on God's loving generosity, and willingness to answer prayer. In Eucharistic theology, impetrative uh, sacrifice 
entreats God's favor, and impetration is one of the purposes of the celebration of the Eucharistic sacrifice. Huh. I'm surprised that that word sounds so foreign. It, 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 I am literally thinking, are you pulling my chain and just made one up? <laughs> okay, there it, it is. It's showing me. Yes, it's out of the Episcopal <laughs> Dictionary. But, uh, but yeah, so it, it's, it's asking for something and uh, uh, God then delivering on that action item is, is the way I'm kind of reading that. That's and, probably why I haven't heard it, because that's not part of my own spirituality. And mm-hmm. it's um, relatively rare in the Episcopal Church in terms of uh, Eucharistic theology. Yeah. It's it, much more Roman Catholic. It, it is. But I mean, it, it, if you think of it, if you break it down into very simple terms, uh, you know, if you're, if you issue a prayer that says like, calm our hearts, yeah. uh, allow us to, help us to focus today on, uh, or fo- uh, focus this week on uh, serving you or doing better. Mm-hmm. That's according to this definition, impetrative prayer. Well, and I realize the time that I've experienced it over and over is uh, celebrating a Eucharist at a wedding. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, the, Part of the Eucharistic prayer is to ask a special blessing on the just married couple. Yeah, very good. Um, uh, yeah, it, 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 you could also even maybe say like over the breaking of the bread and the wine, in a way. In a way, yeah. Hmm. Now, if, so if I suddenly pause Sunday morning, <laughs> you know this has suddenly come back into my mind. I'm going, is this what that is? Is this impetrative prayer? Is this... <laughs> <laughs> that word, that word that I could barely pronounce. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, impetrative. Impetrative. That's Actually, technically, the word was impetrate. So that's not much better. No, it's not. Be- it's not any better. So uh, let's move on into Isaiah. Mm-hmm. Isaiah chapter one, verses ten through eighteen. And before we get started, I uh, will go ahead and say uh, uh, we've again. It's a it's a common theme for me to say. We've said it on this podcast once before or at least twice before, uh, Isaiah, multiple authors, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. So three, Isaiah, at least three. chapter one, uh, I'm going to go with, this is the first author. Yeah. First Isaiah is how it's often described. Uh, and that reads this way. Hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom. Listen to the teaching of our God, you people of Gomorrah. What to me is the multitude of your sacrifices, says the Lord. I have had enough of burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fed beasts. I do not delight in the bull, in the blood of bulls or of lambs or of goats. When you come to appear before me, who asked this from your hand? Trample my courts no more. Bring offerings, bringing offerings is futile. Incense is an abomination to me. New moon and Sabbath and calling of convocation. I cannot endure solemn assemblies with iniquity. There's that word again. Iniquity. It's all over the place. Your new moons and your appointed festivals my soul hates. They have become a burden to me. I am weary of bearing them. When you stretch out your hands, I will hide my eyes from you. Even though you make many prayers, I will not listen. Your hands are full of blood. Wash yourselves. Make yourselves clean. Remove the evil from of your doings from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do good. Seek justice. Rescue the oppressed. Defend the orphan. Plead for the widow. Come now, let us argue it out, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be like snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall become like wool. So uh, one thing that we discussed ahead of time uh, uh, in 
this reading of Isaiah that, that uh, you don't particularly like, you don't want to necessarily reference, uh, you don't like the reference of Sodom and Gomorrah without going into a little bit further of explanation yeah, about uh, and give context about it. Uh, so, color context. Let's go. Yeah. Let's uh, let's hear it. Well, in for about the last oh, 150 years or so, the terminology of Sodom and Gomorrah has usually referred to sexual um, misbehavior, mm -hmm. and in more recent decades, applied specifically to homosexual activity. Whereas in the time of Isaiah, which was about 700 B.C. or so, uh, maybe a little earlier than that, um, it refers instead to a group of people who are not faithful to God. Okay. Um, that they literally uh, rejected the angels of God. And so it's, a, it's an image of putting oneself before God rather than of any kind of... Um, sexual misdeeds or something. Hmm. So it's one of those things where our society is given it a context that is awfully hard to overcome sure. in, in casual conversation, let alone a sermon. Yeah, it's, it's hard to hear about the sodomites without yeah. a very specific uh, 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 transgression coming to mind. Right. Uh, that, I, that was the, in, in England, that was the legal term for homosexuality when it was illegal. Uh, yeah, and uh, how did... How did Gomorrah get out of uh, of becoming uh, a a? I mean, how lucky for them that that was you know <laughs> I think it was just Gomorrah the... eyes. Yeah. <laughs> how did they? How did they? How did they get so lucky uh, that that wasn't uh, that wasn't associated with uh, with them? Well, I think it just has to do with which comes first in the stories. Mm. There you go. Um, yeah, that, that that's uh, you you are absolutely right. That does have a very uh, modern connotation with uh, with with a very specific language and and uh, and, and uh, the the story of Sodom and Gomorrah are is as, as far as punishment goes, it's, yeah. it, it immediately comes to your mind as one of those fire and brimstone right. kind of stories of how they were punished for their deeds. Mm -hmm. uh, and and uh, and and that is you're 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 right. This is a uh, yeah, and their their deeds were about. Um, being does, inhospitable to angels who would come to visit, mm -hmm. rather than anything to do with sex. Right, and and where is that story? In Genesis. Is, is that in Genesis? Okay. Yeah. Um, I I I want to work almost kind of backwards on this one. Yeah, Genesis, um, Genesis nineteen. I just looked at my footnote. I I do like. There you go. Uh, I do like how this is a very Jewish uh, uh, approach to mm -hmm. this, uh, starting backwards. Excuse me, from verse eighteen. Yeah, come now, let us argue it out. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, there's a chastisement, there's a redirect, and then uh, the the writer here for the prophet Isaiah is saying, "Let's talk about it." Yeah, let's uh, let's have a let's have a convocation. Let's uh, back and forth. Let's yeah. let's. Why do you possibly think this is a good idea? Right. <laughs> exactly, and it, it's kind of interesting. Um, it's, it seems to me that the implication here is um, that, again, as we've said many times over, uh, the the sacrificial 
uh, idolatry of the surrounding regions continues to bleed into yeah. uh, 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 and pervert um, uh, the Jewish traditions and, and be, it always is, is often railed against as, as having colored mm-hmm. uh, uh, certain practices within, within the Jewish people. And, and um, I'm assuming that this is kind of another one of those that, that uh, uh, Sodom and Gomorrah obviously are, are, are not the Jewish can't really say the Jewish state at that point, or right? That's way before. Yeah, that um, but like uh, where where they are, it's it's na- they're neighboring some of the region, right? Uh, is yeah. that correct? I I don't think that part's relevant okay. in terms of the the geographical location of Sodom and Gomorrah. Well, it's it, but, in that like I I think he's calling out like here are your the, the habits that you've you've yeah, become you've accustomed on. to and. Uh, either A, trying to uh, distance the entire nation from Sodom and Gomorrah on these practices, but also B, uh, uh, saying, hey, some of our people are starting, to, that's starting to kind of creep in, and maybe this message is also for them, and saying, don't fall down that, uh, fall into that trap, or? I think it's much harsher than that. Okay. I, I, I think Isaiah is really saying, guys, you are screwing up big time. Right. You are screwing up just like Sodom and Gomorrah did, and doggone it, stop. Um, if Wait, you possibly this... think this is a good idea, let's sit down and argue it out, mm-hmm. um, but you're going to lose this argument. Okay. Yeah. It is, so is this part of the reading actually written to Sodom and Gomorrah? Is that, no, is that the intended audience? Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. This is Israel. Um, and so, so this is for the Israelites. Yeah. It's it's but it's hearkening back to yeah they're hearkening back to imagery that would have quickly been understood. Gotcha. As oh those people were really unfaithful to God. Right. Okay. So it's, that's kind of an interesting uh, way to then write it because it does seem as though that's the intended audience. Right. Hear the word of the Lord, you rulers of Sodom. You uh, listening to, to to the teaching of our God, you people of Gomorrah. Yeah. It would and it would have been a. Um, they're not here anymore. Oh, oh, he means us. <laughs> gotcha. Um, so, so is that correct then? Is this it, it, this mentality still kind of? Uh, I wouldn't say pervasive, but is this is that the reason for this writing? Is like stop trying to resurrect some of those old practices from. It, I think it's more about people taking the the form using the forms of temple worship, mm-hmm. the temple in Jerusalem, of the sacrifices, of the prayers, and God saying, all you're doing is going through the motions. Mm. You're not changing your hearts. You're not altering your ethical lives. You're not drawing closer to God, to God saying to me. Um, and therefore, you're, all, all these are meaningless. Mm. Whereas what a lot of folks, as happens in every era were fooling themselves about is as long as I fulfill the form of, of prayer, in this case, including sacrifices of animals, mm-hmm. then I'm okay with God. Even if on my way out of the temple, I kick the beggars and the next day I cheat my customers and I don't honor my mother and father. You can go through the whole long list. Right. Um, that God is saying very explicitly in this passage that those ritual forms are not more important than how one lives one's life. Gotcha. So it's not so much to abolish the practice no. in, in its entirety, because at this point in time, 
sacrifice was still a, a fairly common yeah, portion they'll, of... Yeah, they'll go on for 700 more years. Gotcha. Okay. Off so, and on, depending on temple getting destroyed and then rebuilt. <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> you know, like happens. You know, as happened several times over. Sure. Yeah. Um, so essentially what this is... So what this this Isaiah writer is is trying to say is doing all of this, but then not... Yeah, look at uh, verse 17. Yeah, not uh, uh, remove the evil, uh, uh, learn to do good, seek justice, rescue. If you don't rescue the oppressed, if you don't defend the orphan, if you don't plead for the widow, but you do all the sacrifice, then it's you're yeah. I, I see what you mean. It's you're going ambience. you're going through the motions of it, but you're not actually carrying out your actual fulfillment of mm -hmm. of, of uh, your your portion of the promise. Yeah, the, uh, the tail is wagging. The reckon the yeah, the recognition is there, but you're not actually doing what I've asked you to do yeah yeah and uh that that list in 17 is a, still a good list for us today i was gonna say it's the core in many ways it's the number one wash yourselves though <laughs> <laughs> always wash your hands especially in flu season right right um but yeah uh, verse 17 with learn to do good seek justice rescue the oppressed defend the orphan plead for the widow is said in various ways repeatedly through the hebrew scriptures and of course jesus says it so many times as well in various forms gotcha it's one of them, it may be one of the best summaries of what the Bible is teaching that mm -hmm. you can find. Very good. Um, anything else? No, that's that's pretty good for now. Go cool. for now, he says. <laughs> when the microphones turn off, uh, we'll oh, just keep boy, going. he keeps boy, he keeps going at no, I'm just kidding. Well, I was gonna say, well, <laughs> get home and the conversation continues. <laughs> we talk long into the night about that's, these things. That's true. All right, so uh, 2 Thessalonians is the uh, second reading. Mm -hmm. Chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, and then yada, 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 and then 11 through 12. 11 and 12, I should say. Paul, Silvanus, and Timothy, to the church of the Th Thessalonians, in God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, grace to you and peace from, our, from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We must always give thanks to God for you, brothers and sisters, as is right, because your faith is growing abundantly, and the love of every one of you for one another is increasing. Therefore, we ourselves boast of you among the churches of God for your steadfastness and faith during all your persecutions and the afflictions uh, that you are enduring. To this end, we always pray for you, asking that our God will make you worthy of his call and will fulfill by his power every good resolve and work of faith, so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, all right, so what did we skip? We skipped a passage about the second coming of Jesus. Oh, okay. Because that's one of the major themes of both First and Second Thessalonians, is um, the end is near, and so straighten up and fly right. That's a that's a wicked left hook there in, yeah. in, in a letter. <laughs> Greetings to you, uh, to these people, to this church. Yeah, blessings be upon you. you know, yeah, exactly. Boy, I love we, bragging on you. We brag about you all the time. By the way, Christ is coming back. You better straighten, straighten up and fly right or you're going to go to hell. <laughs> Maybe not that. Maybe right. not that harsh. But, uh, but very close. But the end is nigh. Yeah. <laughs> Sell all your possessions and... <laughs> Give them to me. You're right. Uh, uh, so, so yeah, that kind of comes out of the gate a little fast there. I mean, mm -hmm. not, not it, it, it's got a few trotting uh, uh, verses, but then, uh, boy, he gets down to the point. Yeah. Um, so, 
what about this would you have someone know? What would you point out? Well, it's um, consistently described by scholars as being of Paul, of being mm-hmm. one of Paul's writing, but we have no idea when or where it was written. Okay. Um, we Fortunately, it's written... It, it says just in the first verse to the church of Thessalonians. Mm-hmm. So we know where it was directed. Otherwise we sure. have no idea. Um, and it, it goes on and on about the second coming. Is this a, another prison letter? We, we have no idea. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, probably both the greeting and the um, closing have no reference whatsoever to confinement or I miss seeing you or please send me some stuff. And I suppose also the mention of two other people, it seems like these people are with me. Yeah. Uh, so probably not. Right. Okay. Right. So so in that way, um, it's probably a safe guess that it's from earlier in Paul's evangelism work rather than later. And should we also take uh, any... Um, knowledge from it being the second letter to the Thessalonians, to be, as far as chronology goes, or well, yeah, it is, it is, it is second, um, but it does seem to continue the same themes as First Thessalonians. Okay, but there's there's no way to know how far apart they were spaced. It it could be that a week later, Paul said, oh, "I wish I had said this stuff," right, and so sent a second letter, or a month later, like I don't think they're getting it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Still, to you, yeah. forever yours, please re- <laughs> kindly read my prior letter, acknowledge receipt, and uh, dissemination. <laughs> Maybe you Disseminate missed it. accordingly. Maybe it went to your spam folder. Right. Not but... sure if you're getting this. <laughs> yeah. So Timothy's writing it down Markedly for me worried that yeah. <laughs> uh, Um. Yeah, I always feel I always feel like I have less questions about the letters to the churches. I don't know why it, it, they seem so much more self-explanatory. Well, they they tend to be less complex in their theology. Paul mm-hmm. um, tries to make things very plain, mm-hmm. so in, in part so that since he's not there to explain what he means, it's hard right. to misunderstand what he Even means. Even a dummy like me gets it. <laughs> Even the Thessalonians can get this one. Um, and in First and Second Thessalonians, there what it seems like Paul is arguing against is a um, belief, maybe too strong a word, but a speculation mm-hmm. that the second coming actually already has happened. Okay. And that where people how and where people are living now is heaven. I mean that that heaven has come to earth uh, in the resurrection and Pentecost, the gift of the Holy Spirit on Pentecost, mm-hmm. and therefore this is heaven. Uh, and the and the world as we know it will continue to improve and get better and better and go on eternally. Whereas Paul, and I think in part because he had been a persecutor of Christians, this is totally speculative on my part, I'm not, I can't footnote anyone on this. I think Paul has a greater sense of evil in the world okay. uh, as someone who exercised it himself. And so to him, it's, it's blatantly obvious that the second coming has not taken place, that this has not become the full embodiment of the kingdom of God that we just have not opened our eyes to see. Hmm. Okay. 
And nowadays, it's not a very popular theology. It still pops up occasionally, but it may seem really foreign as to why Paul is spending so much time arguing this. But it was a pretty big deal in the early years of Christianity, early decades of Christianity, is what was Jesus talking about with this coming Son of Man coming against stuff? And maybe that really meant Easter. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's not yeah. totally out of the question. Sure. But you know, we've, we have the disadvantage of having experienced the Holocaust and uh, yeah. all, you know, current day racism. And, Many lifetimes have yeah. experienced yeah. it kind of color our yeah. viewpoint. American style slavery, yeah. So we, we know this ain't heaven. <laughs> very true, very yeah. true. All right, anything else? No, this is kind of a, a one-trick pony reading. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. We got it. We saw that trick. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very good. Well, then let's move on to Luke. So Luke, chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. He entered Jericho and was passing through it, a man was there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. He was trying to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd, he could not stand because he was short in stature. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to see him because he was going to pass that way. When Zacchaeus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried down and was happy to welcome him. All who saw it began to grumble and said, He has gone to the guest of one who is a sinner. Zacchaeus stood there and said to the Lord, Look, half of my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. Then Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because he too is a son of Abraham. For the man of, son of man came to seek out and to save the lost. Uh, it's not possible for me to read this uh, passage and not think of the little children's song uh, that goes off in your head. Do you know the Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and a wee little man was he. Have you not heard this? I don't think oh I have. Oh my gosh. There's another alone? one that's running through my mind. But okay. All right. Will, well, then. Uh, I will give you the earworm of singing. Uh, I will. It, it will compare uh, children's songs yeah. later. Um a fairly, uh, I, I, at least from my upbringing, from the non-denominational denomination of the Christian church, mm-hmm. uh, uh, a fairly well-known uh, uh, children's story. Uh, I believe uh, it's fairly well-known amongst, uh, I think so. uh, it, it, like almost universally in the, yeah. within the universal Christian church. Um, what, uh, what was I going to ask about this? Uh, how many um, gospels does this uh, uh, story show up in is this? It? This is the only one. So it's only Luke. Good yeah. on you, Luke. That's right. Thank you for look at your this lasting week. effect uh, that you have uh, made uh, by by doing this little story about Zacchaeus. So uh, Zacchaeus, a short man, mm-hmm. couldn't see, climbed a tree because he wanted to see what all the hubbub was going on. Yeah. Uh, he he was he was we're we're kind of left with the impression that he didn't exactly know who he was though. Right at the onset, um, there's a crowd. He he's kind of curious, is like, who's going by? What's the what's the big deal yeah, here? I mean, I think there's a, an intentional pun here uh, in verse three. He was trying to see who Jesus was. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, he he doesn't know who Jesus is, and yet there's a longing, a spiritual longing in him. He was drawn somehow. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, and uh, um, 
he climbed the tree and uh, probably because uh, I, I guess a grown man climbed up a, cli- uh, climbing up a tree uh, stands out yep. to Jesus and he goes, hey, you come down here. <laughs> I'm going to stay with you. Mm-hmm. But the implication almost being as though this is kind of like a, a divine guiding of like, a, I'm going to, I'm I'm meant to stay with you. Uh, yeah. And, yeah. It's, it is in the Greek, it is a, a divine command sort of thing. Yeah. Okay. Type of language. Type of language. Yeah. Um, so uh, he hurries down and of course. I can uh, see you fighting off the song. I am. I am. <laughs> It's so bad. Uh, uh, he comes down and uh, um, and in tr- very traditional uh, uh, Luke style writing, uh, which, which this happens several times over, mm-hmm. uh, people start grumbling about right. spending time with tax collectors who are um, devil incarnate, uh, mm-hmm. essentially in in in, uh, in these circles. Uh, not just because they collect taxes, and we've always hated yeah. taxes, but uh, but because they kind of represent the 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 uh the right of the roman empire to govern over them exactly yeah okay and so they were seen um by their fellow um citizens as though technically that's not the term i should use because that may i'm not saying everyone involved were a roman citizen but anyway the residents of that area Mm -hmm. jewish residents um the tax collectors were working on behalf of the Romans. Mm-hmm. And the way that the Romans set up these systems was um, sort of evil genius where a tax collector could collect as much as he possibly wanted to as long as he gave his assigned portion to the Roman authorities. Gotcha. Implication being there was there was a they were getting their beak wet on yeah, on, that, on collecting taxes. That, especially because he's rich. That was the only way he could get rich being a tax collector was to be cheating his own people. Gotcha. Um, And so in a way they're kind of traitors. Uh, Very much so. Not only do they seem to justify, um, uh, justify the, the, the Roman rule, Mm -hmm. but they're also, um, they, they, they're, they're coming up within their own Jewish ranks. They're, they're, they're members of, you know, the Jewish faith and, and uh, are, are kind of uh, collaborating with the enemy in a way. Very much so. They're violating Jewish laws. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, the only thing that I can think of at the moment that might be a cultural equivalent for us would be a big-time drug dealer. Okay. Who's, who's selling drugs in our neighborhood. Mm. And they're and getting rich, and it seems like no one's stopping them. Yeah. So, um, I mean, there, there's a, it, it's almost hard to... It's, it's almost hard to exaggerate how much disdain sure. Zacharias would have had th- um, thrown at him at this moment. Gotcha. Um, and again, there's this huge crowd, many of whom know who Jesus is, and so part was running through their minds. Well, why didn't he pick my house for crying out? Right, right, right. Uh, and and uh, um, and they would have known. They they obviously knew who Zacchaeus yeah. was because they're they're uh, uh, over there saying like, "Hey, wait, wait, why are you going to his house? He's a giant sinner." Yeah. Um, and then Zacchaeus, I'm assuming, hears this, uh, because it says Zacchaeus stood there, so it's not like they went to his house already. Right, yeah, they haven't haven't traveled yet. (laughs) Look, half of my possessions, Lord, I will give to the poor, and if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I will pay back four times as much. So he's 
rectifying for the skimming off the top, uh, and mm-hmm. and then some plus plenty of interest, more interest than would be. Yeah, he's and to use the twelve step terminology, he's making amends right uh-huh. here. Uh huh. Um, and Jesus, at least according to Luke, uh, uh, kind of points out uh, that look, hey, salvation has come to this house because he's too. He's he's one of us, even as much as we have pushed him in a way, kind of pushed him away mm-hmm. as a result of his profession. He's still one of God's own, yeah. uh, a child of God. And he's just kind of lost his way. And mm-hmm. this is one of those proverbial sheep that I have found. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, anything else uh, in the background of this story though? The, um, the half his possessions and paying back four times as much are, would have been numbers that would have been familiar to people um, conversant with Jewish law and tradition. So these aren't just numbers he's made up. He is, so it shows he knows at this point, at least, if he hadn't already known, the law he was violating, mm-hmm. the ethical standards he was violating, and he's going to start fulfilling those. Okay. So this isn't just a, oh, I feel so bad, I'll give you everything. It's like, right. okay, I know the next step is giving up half of what I own to the poor and mm-hmm. paying back four times to when I've um, cheated. Interesting. Yeah. Because in a way, that kind of goes, it's not, I would say, I guess it doesn't really go against uh, a lot of the themes in Luke. Because Luke often has, you know, uh, uh, pins those undermining of, of kind of like religious mm-hmm. tradition where, you gotten really specific in some of these things, and that's, yeah. you kind you of lost your way in all these religious laws. But the, in this is scenario, Zacchaeus kind of uh, reinforces then the religious yeah, it's one of those laws that are where, in place where it's helpful, sure, spiritually to him. And yeah, so I think this reinforces what Jesus said many times that he came to fulfill the Hebrew scriptures, not to abolish them or uh, eliminate them. But mm-hmm. here, here's a place where, okay, I'm in. This, you know, I'm in over my head with my life. I don't, you know, don't worry about how I got here. Instead, how do I get out of here? And this right. is a way of doing it. Okay. Yeah. Look at, you know, uh, he doesn't have to sit down and negotiate with Jesus. Well, should I give this much? Should I give that much? Right. It's in, it, what is, what is fair? What is. Yeah. And so in a sense, it's one of those signs that he really has come back to his roots, his spiritual, mm-hmm. his healthy spiritual roots. And so it's a, a deeper sign of how thorough, thorough this his repentance is. Okay, and and obviously accepted by yeah. by, by Jesus. Like yeah. he like as a result of the way the story ends, uh, this is Jesus accepting uh, yeah. uh, his his repentance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and and so I'm assuming that Zacchaeus. The 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 implication is Zacchaeus actually did go through with it. Right. Although, uh, shoot, if this were me, I'd be very tempted to say anything to yeah. get out of a crowd that already hates me and the Son of God, the Son of Man, uh, mm-hmm. in front of me. Like, oh, I'll give, I'll give it all. Away. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, and I think please that, let me go. I think that's one reason that it uses the um, the terminology of what would be required, mm-hmm. um, and it's the high end of what would be required, so that it's driven home that this guy isn't just pulling this out of the air. Right. That he is almost speaking with ritual words what he is vowing to fulfill. Interesting. Yeah. 
Uh, anything else about Zacchaeus? Um, he was. This is one of those. One of the reasons it's attractive as a children's tale is that it is very visual and very mm -hmm. funny. Mm -hmm. And most scholars say that's intentional. Okay. That uh, it's one that would have been popular through the years of the gospels being transmitted person to person just orally. This is one that people would say, oh, tell us the story about the short tax collector again. <laughs> say, okay. Well, there's this sycamore he was, tree. How short was he? Yeah. He was so short. <laughs> and you know, sycamore tree, it's a very tall tree. Uh -huh. you know, it, it has a, a real humorous image of a wealthy, dignified, powerful man mm -hmm. doing something absolutely silly. Right. And ridiculous and, looking and people being able to look up his and toga and very yeah. humbling at taking taking him from uh, taking him from the first position to the last position. Yeah. 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 Hmm. yeah. So many people, many scholars have said Luke is the funniest gospel, and this is one of those stories that is usually in that list of why. We've we've done it uh, all the way through uh, this season as we've gone through Luke uh, uh, time and time again, and has been uh, semi humorous. I yeah. think I think we. Because it's scripture, we I think we're uh, usually inclined not to believe that it's intended to be funny. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, but yeah, you can in the parables that that Jesus tells himself, and and yeah, and uh, and some of these stories you can kind of see like that. This is you got a little bit of a wisecracking uh, <laughs> right. idea. That's interesting. Uh, so um, yeah, uh, any let's see here. I think that's it. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to get the song out of my head, but that's it. <laughs> and you're gonna have to you're gonna have to share yours. That's a good. I'm, I'm not aware of another another song. So yeah, I'm trying to get it out now, so you're not gonna hear it. <laughs> well, and the, yeah, another thing to point out is Jesus in verse five saying, "Hurry and come down." Um, that there's that's part of the energy in the gospel of Luke. That's, that's mm -hmm. also repeatedly there in addition to humor. Occasionally is this sense of hurry, hurry, right? This you know, don't pass up this opportunity. God is here right now. Mm -hmm. There's this immediacy of God's presence that comes through in Luke over and over that uh, hopefully comes through to us today as the modern reader. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, don't, don't put your hand to the plow and turn back. Yeah. Uh, do it now. Yeah. Yeah. So in a sense, our... our Why morning, do tomorrow what you could do today? <laughs> but yeah, our, our waking, our opening our eyes first thing in the morning prayer could be hurry and come down. Hmm. Uh, or God help me hurry and come That's down. That's what I say to my kids every morning. Yeah. <laughs> You're That's gonna true. miss the bus. <laughs> hurry and come down. <laughs> Get out of that tree. <laughs> yep. Well, very good. Uh, then if you would like to hear more about... Uh, Habakkuk, uh, Habakkuk. Habakkuk. I said it wrong. Very good on the Dang second it. try. Dang it! Uh, not Isaiah. Second uh, Thessalonians and Luke. Uh, you will have to join us uh, at eight and ten, or uh, watch our uh, YouTube channel, which mm -hmm. is HFEC Videos uh, on YouTube, uh, or listen to this channel uh, on Sunday when we release the uh, the Sunday sermon. But uh, Always rather see you in person. Oh yeah, that's, that's me personally, and uh, I'm sure uh, if if I were you, I wouldn't want to see me. So I'd understand if you don't. 
I understand if you're a lot more comfortable with the distance on the uh, internet. Uh, but you uh, miss out on the good coffee and right. donuts. But yeah, you do miss that. Uh, and not to mention the actual sacrament of bread and wine. That, that too. That too. That too. Uh, but if you're traveling or not feeling well as we start mm-hmm. to get into flu season, uh, uh, that's that is a that's, we're here for you. We are. Yeah. That, that's what this is here for. So uh, hope to see you eight and ten. But if not, uh, this will always be here for you. Uh, this has been your podcast for November. November. My goodness, are we really there? November third, twenty nineteen. Time is flying by. Hurry, hurry, yeah. and come down uh, to Holy Family. Uh, uh, but in the meantime, I'm Ben and I'm Bruce, and we'll speak with you next time. Bye. Bye.